I'm 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 seriously okay if if he never takes a starting snap again. I mean, that was just that was pathetic. <laughs> I mean, I I've been on the same road with you. I mean, I feel like both me and you and uh, it's really just been me and you for a couple of years now that have been so, you know, trying to stay positive and hoping that there will be some kind of improvement oh, I'm and done, dude. play. I'm done. <laughs> Sayonara, James Blackman. Hey, guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dolls. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. P-Dub. In the house, you know, we're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, go nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Dion Primetime Sanders. Great Dion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder, Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is happening, guys? This is Logan from here, the Spear, presented to you by Noel Game Day. We are here actually on this ugly, ugly uh, Thursday afternoon uh, recording uh, with me as our lead writer and editor, Dustin Lewis, along with our lead basketball writer, Austin Vizi. We are here to recap the Florida State versus Georgia Tech game. Florida State ended up losing their season opener. Um, we're going to recap that, also go along and look at some of the guys that are going to be leaving the program that are entering the transfer portal. Um, we're also going to try to take some positives out of the game that happened Ow. on Saturday. <laughs> uh, and then we'll see if anybody's going to change their uh, record prediction after this. And then I think Austin has a few little uh, baby updates on some basketball stuff, and then we're going to end it off with uh, FSU trivia. In the middle of this, we're going to pick our top three worst minor injuries. Uh, but that's pretty much it. What's going on, gentlemen? Good to, uh, good to have you with us, Dustin. I know you weren't there for our instant reaction that Nate, I, and Austin were there for, but what's happening? How you feeling? Feeling amazing, dude. How about you? I feel I feel great. I have like a little bit of a, a stuffy nose. I think we're all getting hit with something here, uh, but I think we're gonna be all right. We'll make it through. Austin's really struggling, actually. Yeah, you know we're here. What do you have right now, Austin? Some sort of sinus infection. Yeah, not not great. So we're we're all hanging in there. Good thing it's a bye week, so we get some time to rest. A good time if we're all gonna be sick at the same time. Might as well have it now before football games going on on Saturday. But um, as always, I want to remind you guys, uh, if you're listening now on whatever platform, make sure you hit a like on the on the screen and share with your friends. Also, if you're listening just simply on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, make sure you uh, subscribe. You can, If you're on iTunes, feel free to rate us five stars and leave a review. It does help a lot. Uh, make sure you hit that follow button, whichever platform you're on, so then you'll be notified every time that we release a new episode or new post. Uh, 
But yeah, Florida State loses their season opener. All of us on here predicted Florida State to get away with this one and have a win. Uh, probably a really solid win in Tallahassee, but we were completely wrong. Um, completely wrong. All of us are going to start off the season, if we're including Nate, 0-4 for us here on Here the Spear. The entire no about- game day staff is 0-1. If you look at that... that uh- <laughs> Weekly staff score predictions piece we put up. Eight people, 0-1. Yeah, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody took a major hit. Uh, Georgia Tech went 3-9 last season. They're going to start off the season 1-0 after facing Florida State with a true freshman quarterback who once was committed to Florida State. Uh, James Blackman goes 23-43, 198 yards averaging 4.6 yards uh, uh, pass, uh, one touchdown, one interception, a QBR rating of a fantastic, beautiful 21.7. Uh, on the other side, Jeff Sims, true freshman for Georgia Tech, goes 24-35, 277 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, and a QBR of 74.6 compared to Blackman's 21.7. Let's just give... Let's just go ahead and jump into it, Dustin, since you weren't here. And, I mean, I, I've, I've been able to sleep. I've been able to think. Um, and, the, and I sounded pretty, like, out of it on Saturday. I was absolutely exhausted when, did the, when we did the instant reaction. But what are, have, you been, have you had any time to think, Dustin, about what happened on Saturday with Blackman? Like, what is going on? I mean, just just straight up. He, he was late on his reads or he just missed reads or he held the ball too long. I mean that was that was the name of the game. The every quarter after the first quarter, I believe the first the first quarter he went seven out of nine passing, looked pretty good, and then from there it just seemed like he completely broke down. I don't know if that was because of some of the offensive linemen going down and he just started to feel less confident about what was in front of him. But Blackman was late on his throws, missing reads. I mean he had so many guys that were wide open. And he just flat out missed them or threw it late. So the, the receiver got hit right as the ball got there and they couldn't make the catch. So a lot of the offensive struggles on Saturday go directly on James Blackman's shoulders. You know what interests me the most is I sat back yesterday and, and went through all the interviews that the coaches were having, um, some of the players. But I was looking at Dillingham and Norvell. And ah, I mean... <sighs> They're still, I mean, obviously there's coaches talking there and blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, I think a lot of people are expecting that Florida State's going to throw another, a new quarterback out there against Miami. But from what all I heard and what it seemed like that, I mean, you're going to see Blackman down there in Corbell Gables on Saturday, uh, next Saturday against Miami. Sadly. And I'd call that a mistake. Yeah. At, Do you think this Norvell's point... in, Do you think Norvell's in deep doo-doo if he does that? I get what he's trying to do. I get what he's trying to do where he's like, he's trying to give his team the best chance to win. But I think at this point we'd rather just take the lumps with Rodemaker or Purdy when he's healthy, instead of seeing the same thing we've seen for three, four years now. Yeah. I mean, you hit it, you hit it on the head. I'd rather have a true freshman out there making mistakes and beginning to develop rather than Blackman making the same mistakes four years into his career. So I don't know. I've been the, I feel like I've been one of the biggest defenders of Blackman on this pod all off season, but after Saturday, man, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm seriously okay if if he never takes a starting snap again. I mean, that was just that was pathetic. <laughs> 
I mean, I, I've been on the same road with you. I mean, I feel like both me and you and uh, it's really just been me and you for a couple of years now that have been so, you know, trying to stay positive and hoping that there will be some kind of improvement. Oh, I'm and done, dude. Play. I'm done. <laughs> Sayonara, James Blackman. Hopefully sooner rather than later. Well, well, we'll get to the part where some players are leaving the program, but that's not the case for Blackman. He's going to probably be here for until probably 2025. Uh, without, you know. <laughs> um, but we'll, we'll get into more Miami talk. But let's go back to the game. So the only reason Jordan Travis was into the game is because Forsyth was in desperate mode of having some kind of um, just kind of motivation on offense, trying to get some kind of, uh, optimism of making a play, someone just please get a first down um, and try to bring up some momentum. But, you know, Jordan Travis goes in there and you want to guess who your leading rusher is? Well, it is your backup quarterback that only got a few uh, snaps throughout the game. Uh, Jordan Travis is your leading rusher with 39 yards, not LaDamian Webb and definitely not Deshaun Corbin. Uh, what are y'all's thoughts on that? I mean, no rushing, no rushing. I mean, yeah. I mean, I give the offensive line credit because I mean they were solid. At least the starters were, but at least in pass protection, they didn't look like they had much push, run blocking, but also seemed like Georgia Tech was bringing too many people for them to block. Um, there's there wasn't a lot of holes for them. There was a lot of times where they got caught up in the backfield. When they got loose, they looked really good. Once they got past that first wave of defenders, um, but that was few and far between. Yeah, the running game was uh. A disappointment to to put it lightly. I mean, to only to only net what is it fifty fifty seven yards between your two your two running backs against a Georgia Tech defense that we talked about was one of the worst in the entire country last year. I mean, it's just absolutely pathetic. I mean, what what the heck are we doing? Um, the offensive the offensive line did have four out of the five starters go down. Of course, the only guy that didn't get hurt was Bavion Johnson, who can't even snap the ball. So it was just, I mean. <laughs> It was just the worst way this this game could go on both ends. I mean, <laughs> really, you you couldn't do anything. You couldn't throw the ball because Blackman wasn't wasn't making reads. Couldn't run the ball because the offensive line sucked. Or the running backs would just get taken down instantly. I mean, this is like your worst scenario outing for for the Mike Norville era to to start off. And uh, yeah, it still sucks. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're on Thursday afternoon, and uh, it still sucks for Dustin straight out the bat. Uh, I'm right there with Dustin a lot of things. I mean, I've had time. I think that whenever we were doing our instant reaction, that's where I was pretty much like, what in the hell just happened? Pathetic, pathetic, pathetic. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you got Damien Webb. Deshaun Corbin had 18 yards on six carries. Um, I mean, you you take out the sacks that Blackman took, and he's your leading rusher. And he also had the longest carry out of anyone on the day was 16 yards. I mean, it's just sad. Yeah. Your longest uh, pass of the day ends up being 27 yards. I mean, you created no offensive plays that were over 30 yards. You created no big plays. No. And a lot of that also goes to, you know, look at, 
Uh, also, Tamayon Terry, who you know we know lost his grandma either earlier or late in the night, day before, or early in the morning. Uh, so he just really wasn't with it whatsoever. Uh, that was the first time I've seen him where he does, didn't want to say a single word throughout the whole game. I mean, usually he is your high-spirited guy and chit-chatting and, um, you know, actually communicating, but he just wasn't there. You could tell mentally. And then, of course, it goes into his gameplay wherever he drops six points, um, which you don't really see that from him much at all, but that happened. Um, and Blackman was actually able to hit him, and it just didn't work out. But, you know, wide receivers also weren't helping Blackman. It, it was a mix of uh, it was just a mix of Blackman and wide receivers not being on and Blackman missing reads. Keyshawn Helton, I know personally, I saw multiple times where Keyshawn Helton was wide open, uh, but Blackman just didn't see him. He wasn't doing his drop downs, and he just was not able to see his wide receivers. That was the first time, Dustin, I've seen – Blackman not want to take shots. I mean, you, you, he literally had to be forced to take shots. I think they went over to the sideline in the third, fourth, fourth quarter and told him to please throw this ball deep over there. Um, and of course, since it was forced and everything, it was 10 yards ahead of his targets. Yeah. I mean, I, I just didn't get it with James Blackman. I mean, that to me, that was arguably the worst game he's ever played in his career at Florida State. I don't. Yeah, I've, I've already talked about all, all the misreads and and things like that. But I mean, man, even as a leader over on the sidelines, I didn't see James Blackman trying to bring guys together and be like, "All right, well, we screwed up that drive. Next drive, let's come back and put something together and go score." I mean, they really just they all just kind of sat there on the bench, waited for the defense to either block a field goal or, or give up points and then went back out there to do nothing again. So like I said, it, to me, this is just extremely, extremely disappointing. And it's, it's the same thing with Blackman that we keep saying, like he starts off great, like you noted earlier, and then he, d- he does one bad thing. that's just in his head the rest of the game. Like it's your fourth year. You can't be doing this. You got to learn to move past things. Yeah, and I mean the interception that he threw, he had the ball in the pocket for <laughs> five seconds or so, just looking downfield, looking downfield. Finally, just throws it over to the sideline and gets it picked off. I'm like, man, if there's no one open, just throw it away. Like, do do something, and he just throws it right into the Georgia Tech defender. <laughs> yeah, and that that one was tough to see. I'll be honest. I mean, I don't know how you do that. I. Uh, I mean, I don't. He wasn't really even throwing it out of bounds. I mean, it was just kind of, hey, here you go. I give up. You can have the ball. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He just t- he just tossed it to him. He's like, all right, play over. <laughs> and then uh, it was either in the third or the fourth quarter. I think um, Devontae Love Taylor got down. Chaz Neal comes in for his first play. Gets absolutely whipped. And James Blackman sack fumble. Georgia Tech gets it. I think I think the defense ended up forcing him to a field goal in that possession. But I mean, either way. You put them right there in the red zone with a chance to basically end the game. So thanks, Chaz Neal. I'm glad I picked you as uh, one of my three offensive players under the radar. <laughs> what a joke. No. You're on my radar uh, now. What radar is he on now for you? The garbage radar. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, I mean, but that also you should as as a veteran, definitely a quarterback. 
But as a veteran guy that's been on this team and just a quarterback in college, you should probably expect if you're losing that tackle on that side of the ball, they're probably going to send it on your ass. And they're probably going to try to get a sack off of you from behind. And that's what happens. I mean, well, the problem was it was just way too easy. (laughs) Yeah. Chaz Neal, I don't even think he touched the guy. Oh, he got cooked. Like, it was bad. <sighs> well, now that... I mean, but part of that's play design. Like, you got to leave more than just a running back there to chip. Like, you got to give Chaz Neal some help. I don't even think they chipped for him. That's what I'm saying. Said, there was a running thing, back on Chaz. That, yeah, there was a running back thing. on that side. But, jeez, he got just smoked, diced, however you want to classify it. It was that. <laughs> Everything. Uh, yeah, so that didn't that doesn't help anything. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it was. This the Blackman didn't want to throw the ball, and like Austin said, and we talked about it in the instant uh, reaction podcast. Blackman, you actually had some blocking, buddy, some pass protection. I mean, I would sit there and be like, you know, for, for even if it's against Georgia, like, I don't give a damn. If you're protecting and you're actually allowing your quarterback to have some time, um then, you know, there can't be any more complaining. You can't be having all this happy feet mess. Stay in the pocket, make your reads, and throw the throw the football. But that just was not going to happen. That was not in his mental brains that day. Um, we were hoping that we'd see an improvement uh, mentally from him, but it just didn't seem. He just was swarmed up in his head, and it looked a lot like that Virginia game, to be honest, that it's, he had it's last like when year. He- when he did take shots, it was at the complete wrong time. Like that fourth and one where he had the fullback or running back open in the flat by like 30 yards. He takes a 25-yard shot downfield to Warren Thompson, who's in double coverage. Like, come on, man. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would love – I don't know where to watch film on. Like, I just want to watch film on, on the wide receivers routes and count how many players were actually open, you know? Um, man – I, I don't know if I really want to do that because my paper, I'll run out of ink, but uh, I, I don't know. It, it's a, it's a bad look on offense. And then you move over to defense and you see also, it should be against the law that Keyshawn Helton only had one reception. That's when you know, that's a, just a terrible day and you're leading on receiver. The first drive. Just, yeah. Yeah. That should be against the law. And then it also should be against the law that Sean Corbin, I mean, it's not terrible, but I mean, still you're, you're Deshaun Corbin was your leading receiver with 55 yards, Terry with 52. Um, I don't know, just a clutter fest uh, of bad things with the offense on Saturday. Not a good look against a 3-9 team last year and a defense that had numerous guys that also weren't playing in this game. Just a note. Yeah, they'd have either their starting defensive ends or their best corner, who was all ACC last year. And we scored. Yeah. Barely got double digits. Barely. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's good to note, too, I mean, unless Tamaron Terry is getting guarded by Jalen Ramsey, um, numerous guys in the NFL or future first-rounders, why aren't you throwing the ball to him? It doesn't make sense to me. Even Keyshawn Hilton, if he's one-on-one, throw the ball to your playmakers. Too much talent that can take care of business with one-on-ones. But it that's why I don't even watch film, because if I look back and I see Terry's just one-on-one with whatever, whatever route, take the shot. Don't take the sack or don't throw the interception. You know, it, you know, but 
we that's just the offense as a whole. There's, we could ramble about it all day long. But then let's let's move over to the best part. You know, defense. Did Marvin Wilson and Corey Durden play that play Saturday? Does anybody know? Were they there? No. It's a real question. No. Besides on special teams. Yeah. <laughs> about your man Marvin Wilson, Dustin? League first round? <laughs> he he'd be lucky to be an undrafted free agent after that one. I mean, seriously, like, what was going on with the defensive line? I mean, you lose Kane Doe early on in the game, and luckily it seems like he's going to come out uh, and not have a long lingering injury. But, I mean, Robert Cooper was your best defensive lineman. Then next to him was probably Janaris Robinson. Yeah, I mean, it, it just it goes back to what I said about the offense. It was a very, very disappointing outing for the defense, especially the interior of that defensive line. I mean, I don't remember them doing much of anything other than missing Jeff Sims on tackles and letting them get out of the pocket and scramble downfield on every third down, it felt like. And FSU only got one sack on the day, and it was a, it was a combination between Amari Gaynor and Raymond Woody, a linebacker and a defensive back. So the D-line couldn't even get a sack against – Georgia Tech offense, who I want to say we completely trashed last week during the preview. Uh, respect to Georgia <laughs> Tech because they just made Florida State look like a bunch of dumbasses. Yeah, no defensive line there in Tallahassee from Florida State. Um, Corey Durden did have a really interesting backspin. I don't know what was going on there. Uh, Fabian Lovett. Looked like he had like 10 cinder blocks tied to his ankles. Um, <laughs> Emmett Rice dropped a pick six. Uh, Asante Samuel, even though he got two interceptions, those also should have been pick sixes. I don't know. I love Asante Samuel Jr. I think that he is a dog, and he's it's actually it's great to have him on that defense. I mean, that, that as a Florida State DB who should – we'll get to it how DB should be at FSU, but should be on one-on-ones and not having to worry about zone crap. But Sunday Samuel, my man, we need to make some cuts. You're, you're going against like a 300 pound lineman off to the sideline, make your cut infield and take it to the house for six. Um, that happened num- both times where I need you to just, you know, don't run into the offensive player. That's going to tackle you. <laughs> Go get the six points. Um, you know, just to say it nicely, like just, Come on. You know, I know you're defense, so you're not an offensive guy, but still, I think we need you to go get six. Obviously, that's two touchdowns for four State that they could have. It could have, it could have been, it should have been three. Yep. Rice, actually four. <clears throat> four touchdowns that Florida State miss, missed out on, which is crazy to think of. So, Tamarion Terry's, six points. That would have been six. Sante Samuels, both interceptions should have been pick sixes, and Emmett Rice's pick six. Four, four things that really hurt Florida State in this game, and that, that's something that Florida State continues to do. They just find different ways to lose. That's what Nate said on our instant reaction. Florida State continues to find new ways to lose games but where they shouldn't at all. Yeah, and plus, I believe it was either the second or third drive. You had that that third down that James Blackman uh, threw it to Warren Thompson inside the 10 that would have been a first mm-hmm. down conversion, and then they 
they reversed and Florida State had to kick the field goal. So, I mean, that's another touchdown, potential touchdown right there off the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Warren Thompson, once again, when you need him on a third down, I believe it was getting close. It might have been getting close in the red zone, drops the ball. But then yeah, – it was a trash then, throw. Yeah, but it still hits his hands. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, that, uh, that's about how we as roast it, how, how much are we going to roast to Morion Terry for dropping that touchdown? That oh, was in his man. hands. Like, that was terrible, too. I mean, that's six <laughs> points. I mean, like I said, the wide receivers didn't really help much whenever they had the chance, the small chances from Blackman whenever he was deciding to throw the ball. Uh, just, But, yeah, that, that's offensively. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, you, you got a few young linebackers in there. Stephen Dix Jr. had some time, which I just go ahead and throw him in there more. Go ahead with how the season. Yeah, he looked pretty started. decent. Laid a dude out on kickoff too. Yeah, he did. That I was loving it, every bit of it. Uh, I thought probably your your best defensive player on Saturday was without a doubt Amari Gaynor at that stud linebacker position. I mean, time and time again. It seemed like he was coming up to make a tackle for loss on the outside on wide receivers whenever Georgia Tech was trying to do like a short screen pass with a wide receiver blocking. I mean, he would just go through the receiver every time and just make the tackle. And then a couple other times he came up through the middle and made some nice plays. So just defensively, I thought Amari and then you mentioned Asante with those turnovers. That really helped. But other than that, I mean, just not a lot of positives to take away from this performance. I mean, we were... Hearing a lot of stuff about how Adam Fuller was going to completely change his defense, how they were dominating the offense, and then they come out and play a dud other than those two interceptions and two block field goals. I think uh, there, there's obviously – it was very disappointing for fans, and, you know, I mean, I think everybody's used to it now. I mean, when you're going from 2016 now to 2020 with – or 2017 to 2020, and you just having continuous, continuous winning or losing season openers. It, it, it's you know, it, it, you just get used to it, and you just hate that because this is Florida State, and I don't know. Was there any positives that you guys can take from this game? Special teams. Yeah, special teams. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I mean, special teams does go a long way. Like, if you're really good in special teams, I mean, it shows that coaching's there, at least. And we've had bad special teams for a while. The kick returns look good, punt returns look good, kick and punt coverage look good. Even outside of the block field goals, like, special teams was somewhat yeah. entertaining. Yeah, it was nice. And I did think Travis Jay is going to end up being one of the top five, if not top three best players on this team by the end of the year, honestly. Just too much talent, and he's going to end up bringing one back very soon. I thought he was going to have a chance on Saturday, but uh, he, he's going to be solid. He is most certainly going to be solid. He had about 75 yards in kick return, <clears throat> uh, and one punt return, 16 yards. Uh, I do think he is. An, uh, obviously, the Aussie from down under, Florida State's punter, Alex Mastronimo, uh, I said that terribly, Monomo, whatever, uh, for average 48 yards, almost 50 yards, a punt, which is pretty damn solid um, on Saturday with three uh, three punts. So I think the special teams is definitely something optimistic, optimistic to look at. I do think that the offensive line, if they can stay healthy and they can give 
give a pass protection still and can keep that up, then that, that's a, another solid thing. Because it actually looked like a unit that was in unison with one another, whereas in the last couple of years, it looked like a con- complete cluster F. Uh, they actually looked like they were in some kind of unison. Um, and I'm very I'm very high on Coach Atkins, and I think it's going to only get better. Um, but I do think there we were seeing signs of improvement there on the offensive line that was really needed. Um, <clears throat> to me, who do you think is RB1, Webb or Corbin? I think Corbin's more – I don't know the right way to say this. Like, he's not more versatile because Webb, I think, is a little bit of a better receiver. But I think Corbin's going to be a little bit more of a steady hand, whereas Webb's more of a change of pace back. Uh, honestly, I just – right now, I just kind of have it as a question mark because neither of them – did much to impress me during the first game. I, I know Corbin caught a couple nice passes, and like you said, he was the leading receiver for Florida State on Saturday. But, I mean, at least running-wise, neither of them did too much to to be very impressive. And I think Norvell is just going to keep going with that change of pace one after the other until one guy starts to take over. Yeah, Florida State and Norvell early in the game when going off to the side with either one of them, mainly Webb. I mean, that was successful, and then that completely stopped. Uh, I don't know what happened to that because I I like how Webb is. I do think he is has a little bit more of – he has more things he can give to you than Corbin uh, to me. But we'll see. I don't know. I think that unit is – Everything but RB1, I think it's either it's going to be 50-50 for a good while unless someone really starts impressing uh, and it turns into like a 60-40. But that running back unit, I think, still needs some answers, to be honest. Uh, any more positives? Is that pretty much it? I mean, that's not there's not much to really uh, go off of, you know, positively wise. I mean, it also marks us one day closer to basketball season. That's a positive. <laughs> one game down closer to football, basketball season. Yeah, that's all I'm counting down at this point. It's hard to be positive when Georgia Tech outgains your offense by 130 yards and they have less time of possession. So <laughs> that's a, that. I mean, you have a pretty strong point there. I will say there is a positive. There is something positive. Asante Samuel Jr. did have two interceptions, but the yardage is what I look at, and he had it. He brought it back for 69 yards. That's very nice, nice number. Yeah. Very um, nice. So that's something really positive. I put that above the special teams. I mean, that's great. 69-yard uh, return returns and his two interceptions. So good job, Asante Samuel Jr. Good stuff there. Uh, but, yeah, let's move on from the Georgia Tech game. Uh, as we know, everybody, it is a bye week, so we will not jump right into some Miami stuff. So we're going to kind of go on to our quick hitters. Actually, we need to jump into uh, – let's, let's just jump into our quick hitters and then go into our top three worst segment, which is going to be top three worst minor injuries. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by Dustin Lewis. <laughs> uh, but real quick, uh, former FSU wide receiver DJ Matthews is – in the transfer portal, it was hard for me not to say finally before that because I feel like that's been the case for Matthews for a good while now. But he is now in the transfer portal, guys. Does this affect Florida State in a good way or a bad way? I mean, I James mean, Blackman just lost his roommate. 
I think we saw it with Norvell's reaction when he when he talked about it in the restaurant. Sort of started smiling. That tells you all you need to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if nobody knows, uh, in the press conference, I believe yesterday, uh, Mike Norvell was asked about DJ Matthews and what's the status on him and and what's going on there, and he just was kind of like, I don't really care, and just was smiling and. Being like, okay, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, DJ Matthews is no longer in uh, the Florida State's football cr- program. He's in the transfer portal. So best of luck to DJ. Uh, just, you know, kind of just throughout his career was 50-50 in the locker room and seemed to be somewhat of a like problem. 2080. <laughs> he had that good touchdown against Boston ass. College. He returned a punt for a touchdown one time. <laughs> in Miami, it's still Miami, won. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, we'll remember him mainly mostly no, from won't. his east and west. <laughs> mainly from his east and west running instead of north and south. That's what I'll remember the most. Um, yeah. It's about, it's about as much as we can really uh, put in – a summary, but yeah, DJ Matthews no longer. I don't think it's a hit at all for Florida State. And then this one was kind of shocking. Isaiah Bolden, who most recently moved from DB to wide receiver, is deciding to hit the transfer portal. Uh, what what could this be? I mean, is it because of PT? Is it because of the staff? What do you guys think on Bolden's situation? Because he doesn't want to be in Tallahassee. It's because he's a Tiger guy and has a weak mentality. Dude, I was literally going to say Tagger guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I just I just think um, maybe he wasn't too happy with Mike Norvell or whoever suggesting he take a shot at wide receiver. And then whenever he did make that that move to wide receiver, he didn't see any snaps on Saturday. So maybe that just irked him a little bit. He's like, well, I'm a DB. They changed me to wide receiver. Then they don't play me at wide receiver. So I don't know. Yeah. He's just soft. That's all it is. I mean, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to trash players on this podcast, but Bolden contributed less than you. Yeah, not trash so. players. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm gonna let people know when they when they play like <laughs> shit. Like you're gonna. You're, I mean, I'm gonna tell you how it is, but I'm not going out of my way to trash you. Don't make me trash you. I will give you shit the bed, <laughs> but I'm not trying to. What what is Chaz Neal's radar right now? What is he on? Garbage. He's on the garbage radar, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we'll when I used to, when I was in high school, I used to play offensive line. They used to put trash cans in front of in front of us to work on blocking. I would rather have one of those than Chaz Neal. That's how you trash a player, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you were using trash cans? Were you like? Yeah, they put them down in front of us, and they line them up like the defensive line and linebackers, and they say, go to the trash can that's like your assignment. Uh, gotcha. Oh, man. That was mean. That's tough. That's tough. Uh, but, yeah, DJ Matthews and Isaiah Bolden are hitting the transfer portal on bye week here in Tallahassee. Let's see. Last bye. thing. Here. <laughs> all, here we go. Sem- all Seminole Nation is waving. Sending their goodbyes. Get on your ground and get the f- out of here. 
Uh, let's see here. Well, let's see. Is anyone going to change their record prediction now? Everybody. I'll take one and ten. So here's what I was going to ask. What do you think is more likely? FSU loses every single game or they find a way to get a positive record? No. (laughs) Dustin didn't get his chance to do his instant reaction, so I think that's what he's doing right now. He saved all of (laughs) (laughs) He tried to distract himself about this game on Saturday for this whole week. And now that it's back on his mind, he gets to unleash what he's been trying to block the last couple of days. So I'm so enraged. Wait, so I went eight and three. Dustin, you went eight and three. How's that yeah. feel? I feel like an so idiot. One loss down. So what? You better what? So now it's just Notre Dame. Graduated and top ninety percent of my class for a reason, everyone. Say that again. Graduated top 90% of my class for a reason. I'm an idiot. I don't think anyone believes you for that. All right, top 95%. I was about to say. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, uh, 8-3, and 8-3, and and Austin went 7-4. and Austin, are you going uh, 6-5? and What are you thinking? 6-5. I did say in my prediction I was closer to six well, and five than went, eight and three. You just went one and ten. What are you laughing at, Dustin? Yeah. Because that's what I would pick. I don't. I think. The, I think they'll find a way to win a couple games. Um, you would. Yeah, you'd hope they'd beat Jacksonville State. So right now, um, Florida State has six teams on their six teams remaining on their schedule who are currently ranked in the top twenty-five. Miami, yeah. Notre Dame, North Carolina, Louisville, Pittsburgh, and Clemson are all ranked. Mm. Mm. I'm, I, it's going to be the three and eight or four and seven. It's not going to be good. Ooh, man. Yikes. But I, I do didn't think have Nate talked me into FSU beating Miami. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, that was, that was interesting. <laughs> Nate tells elite lies. <laughs> <laughs> Nate still Nate was thinking that they were gonna beat him by like four touchdowns. He said yeah. eighty four to um, two. <laughs> <laughs> was he? Did he? Well, for, for his point, did he pick which team was gonna have eighty four points? He might have stayed <laughs> Miami all along. He said Florida State by eighty, <laughs> which to me seems like a, a questionable pick. A, at this point at this point in time yeah um just like just don't you don't give your prediction fully but uh what are y'all's thoughts on Florida State versus Miami just one I mean it's a a lot of things can happen in a bye week and it's a rivalry game yeah it's a positive way to look at it that was more positive than I thought we were gonna have way more positive I don't think Florida State necessarily gets trashed this game but if they don't come out and start strong in the first quarter it could get ugly yeah, that's a good way of putting. Like if they don't if they don't come out ready to fight after the way they just got whooped by Georgia Tech, then it's going to be a long year. I said I think I said it after after Saturday. We're going to learn a lot about this team after this bye week and when they take the field in Miami. Like when that game when that game is over, I think we're going to know a lot more about how the the 2020 season outlook is really going to be. Yeah, because there's still I mean. 
like uh, Dustin said, that there is a lot of ranked ACC teams left to be played on this schedule, and if you're not ready to play and get after it, then it could get it could get bad. But I'm hoping on the optimistic side. I do think, though, another positive. I do, I do think this coaching staff is a lot more competent than what we've seen in the last couple of years. It actually seems. Hopefully, mm-hmm. that does not take it. much. It doesn't. It doesn't take much. No, but. It is a it's more of a positive sign heading into another game that you've got to play better, um, that things have got to change rather than what we ha- what Florida State's had in the last couple of years, where you just knew not much is really going to be adjusted or um, uh, game plans not going to be moved around. Uh, it seemed like there was more organization on Saturday and guys, I think were put into positions and put into certain uh, places where they could make plays and they just weren't done. I mean, I named off four touchdowns that Florida State should have had, but it just wasn't executed by the players. Um, and that, that's got to piss off a coaching staff, but you've got to hope, yay, let's go look at the film room. Let's also look at why this happened and why, you know, this game shouldn't even be, shouldn't have even been close heading into the second half. Um, so I, I think this team is not, I mean, it is, it is not a complete, crap show right now unless you see the same mistakes being made on sat- uh, next Saturday night which is going to be primetime ABC um, so you're going to be on national television and you're going to want to hope that you are not you know making these silly mistakes that is going to cost your team and I mean they're not really that much of silly mistakes but they're ones that you know uh, Emmett Rice come on man you're a you're a veteran linebacker we've heard great things about you this offseason Man, you can't be smiling after that. After you, after you just dropped a pick six, my man. Uh, and you know, it's just the little things that have got to be changed. And I do think that there is optimism that there will actually be a decently played game on next Saturday night. You know, fingers crossed that there's actually some quarterback play. Um, but yeah, I had to get some positives in there before <laughs> we get all the comments. <laughs> and well, <laughs> they just talk crap. All the time, but yeah, I think there's some there are there are a few positives to look at after Saturday, and things can get better. Uh, let's run into our top three worst segment, gentlemen. This week it's going to be top three worst minor injuries. Um, if you're just now listening to this podcast, we do a top three worst segment. We do it every week, and uh, we all of us on here pick our top three worst of whatever category it is. This time it's minor injuries. Anybody want to go first? I just. I want to, what are we classifying as a minor injury? It can be a paperclip. Or it can be like a paper cut, I mean. Paperclip. But we're not talking about something that takes like three or four weeks to get over? Mm, yeah, yeah. Nothing too crazy. Not like an ACL tear or whatnot. No, no, no. I wasn't thinking that. Jesus. I'll, I'll Who recovers I'll, from an ACL tear that fast? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just I'll say it, and if it doesn't count, just let me know. All right. Um, sprained ankle. Does that counts. count? That yeah. counts? Okay. Yeah, I've yeah. sprained my ankle at least twice, and I've fractured it. Um, rolled mm-hmm. it countless times. Um, it's not fun. It is not fun. No. They're terrible. I'm pretty sure my ankle is permanently, like, disfigured from the amount of times I've sprained it. <laughs> doesn't even doesn't even look right anymore. <laughs> <laughs> It's like your foot, like, 90 degrees up or something on your ankle. It's like my my ankle joint on the outside of my ankle is, like, permanently swollen, but it doesn't hurt at all. 
just used to it. Mine just like like part of sprained ankles is every time you sprain it, it gets a little bit weaker and a little bit weaker. I can feel how weak mine is, and that's sad. Jesus. Uh, like I cannot, I can't, I, I physically cannot play basketball or any sporting activity without an ankle brace, and it sucks. True. I'll go second. Mine's gonna be like a sprained finger because you don't ever figure out how many times you use your hands until you've done. It's like your ankle, but also just your hand and like a finger that isn't work like working. It's not gonna be there for you, and you can't if you just nudge it just to the right a little bit or left. It feels like your hand should. You'd rather amputate your hand. I mean, it sucks definitely when you're trying to pick up something and whatnot. Like, like when you jam like your finger on a basketball yeah. or something. I had jam fingers on mine. Yeah. Kind of like that. Yeah. But, Mainly, I'd get them in football and stuff, and it would suck, man. Because you can't do, you can't lift with it, you can't write. It's hard to eat certain things, and I'm like a really dominant right-handed person. My left hand can barely do a damn thing. Uh, if anybody wanted to attack me. Uh, make sure you go after my left side because I'm screwed. Uh, but yeah, my just spraining your finger or just like just knocking it with the football or basketball like that and jamming it. Ooh, God, hurts. I guess I'm up next. Um, my top three worst minor injury is gonna be a hangnail because. Mm-hmm. Especially like on your, especially on your finger, you just have that little piece of like nail slash skin thing hanging off the side. And you're like, man, that's really annoying. And you pull on it and you just rip your whole finger off. <laughs> yeah. Like what the heck just happened? Yeah, that does suck. Those burn, and then like when you're washing your hand, it's just stinging the whole time. And you're taking a shower. Yeah. Like the rest of the day, I'm like, wow, I really regret that. I should have just let that piece of skin stay there. <laughs> Uh, I guess, I guess it's going, bring, yeah. I guess, I guess you bring us back around, don't you? So my next one I'm going to say is just, like, the day before, the day before you didn't do anything. You didn't do anything. And then the next day you go to sleep, you wake up, and your back just hurts. You get out of bed, and your back is just hurting. You're like, dude, I, what did I do yesterday? You're trying to think, <laughs> did I do anything where I might have tweaked my back? You're like, no, I watch TV. <laughs> And that's it's not like the random back pain. So now I've had yeah. two of mine taken between the jam finger. Now I literally <laughs> replaced that with pulled back. <laughs> so now I got to find a fifth. Good Lord. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, I'll give you some time. Mine is, I'm just thinking about it and I'm, it hurts, but it can guy it can go for like a toenail or a fingernail but whenever you're you know some you know we're guys you know we'll, we'll be biting our fingernails or whatever and like we'll pull it and mm, you go a little bit too far and for the yeah. rest of like two days it's so yeah. raw like your fingernails are raw under there and then like your toe if you get your toenails and you're like you're having to walk with socks on or like shoes and you know that you pulled your you uh pulled your toenails or cut them too short and it's just bothering you oh it's the worst feeling ever. I mean, it's just it just hurts so badly. I mean, it seems like Dustin's gone through that quite a bit. I guess no not. reaction. No reaction. <laughs> this podcast. No, I mean, uh, I get what you're saying. Yeah, go ahead, Austin. Um. So this is my second replacement since, or I guess third replacement. 
I don't know. How do you want to classify it? Uh, any kind of Charlie horse. I get him in my calves mm-hmm. and my thighs a lot. And it always happens like three in the morning and I hate it. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> and it's, and then you're, you're dealing with like two hours two and it's ago. the worst. <laughs> I pulled my hamstring the other night because of it. Oh. I was so mad. Bro, I woke up like, like four in the morning. I had to go to the bathroom and I just have a giant calf cramp. I'm like, what is going on? I just fall <laughs> yeah. over. Yeah, I had it. <laughs> I had a huge cramp in the middle of the night in my, like, literally in my hamstring, so I roll over, and then, like, I can't walk for, like, two days. It was horrible. Oh, man. Mm-mm. How it was, next day I woke up, it felt like I had done leg day. I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> like, you have to literally jump out of bed. No matter if you were sleeping so good, you have to get out of that bed and hit the floor and just go... Just Sometimes I just start screaming. What? Because it's cramping so bad I can't get this stop. I just scream. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. You, you just like cry for your mom or something? Just like a like a battle cry. <sighs> Water. <laughs> 4 a.m. Ain't no. Your girlfriend's not getting up to help you. We know that. <laughs> you wish <laughs> you're you're there by yourself buddy uh i guess you bring us back around austin for your yeah third. yeah from for my worst minor injury because i deal with it every day knee soreness oh yeah. like especially because i like i used to play basketball a ton just like in the street and in driveways and it has shredded my knees yeah. Now it's like now anytime I go to play basketball, I've got to stretch for 20 minutes before and after. It hurts while I'm playing. Then I wake up the next day feeling like I got hit by a train. Like uh, no, it the sucks. worst. The worst part is is after you play like a hour whatever at basketball, and then you get in your car and drive home. Whenever you step out of your car, you're like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. my knees. And it's, and it's even worse <laughs> for me because I've had hip surgery, which affected my knees because I was relying on my knees more. And now it's like, oh my god. I'm 23 years old. And I feel like I'm 63. <laughs> Holy crap! Yeah, no, I agree. I I relate to that with that tore my ACL, but I don't really have that much of pain like you do. But um, I do remember, you know, whenever you go or outside running around and you get into a car and you're staying in that same motion, and then you get up out of the car and you just feel it like you almost collapse. Like you're like, oh my god, oh my god. You're it literally just happened. Yeah, it literally just happened to me last night. I went to go play basketball with my coworkers. I get home at like 11:30. I step out of my car. I'm like, should have just stayed in my car. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mine. What is this? Is my third. So or whatever it is. One. Uh, this is gonna be whenever you are you falling down outside on pavement or <laughs> football, and you burned you've absolutely just incinerated your knees usually your shins and your knees but then whenever i mean that's fine okay we're good but then when you go hit that shower oh you sometimes you don't even know that you had like a couple of uh, burns right there but whenever you go into the shower it's like literally fifteen thousand needles are in your knees and you can barely wash that part of your body and you're struggling and it hurts so badly. Like it burns the heck out of you. Yeah. You're talking about like grass burn or something like grass burn or even like pavement. 
Yeah, like scraping your skin up. Yeah, just scraping it there, and it, 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 I swear it just takes forever for it to heal. Like, you have to at least have two or three showers before it's finally gone, and it takes forever for it to just heal so I can take a regular shower. I can, like, take a warm shower without not without feeling like 10 grenades are going off of my knee, the outside of my knee. <laughs> All right, you're up. Your last one, Dustin. Oh, wait, no, did you already? Yeah, you're. you're yeah, third. I get my three. Yeah, so Go my ahead, last Dustin. one is gonna be like whenever you're whenever you're in your room at night, like getting ready to go to bed, and you're not you're not really not really even thinking much. You're just like, all right, I'm going to bed soon. And you're like walking up to your bed and you kick like the little mm. bed frame thing under your bed. Mm. I don't know about y'all, but that happens. I swear that happens to me like every night. Whether it's my room or I walk into my girlfriend's room and like hit my stub my toe and I just fall on the ground and like hold my toe and sit on the floor for like five minutes like <laughs> ah. Ah. oh here he goes here he goes Some tough <laughs> tough scenes bro I see that you it doesn't need to happen take... to me much yeah it doesn't happen to me much anymore um but yeah, like every now feet. and then I'll hit I'll hit it on the coffee table and that's the worst. Yeah, like that is legitimately the worst. Yeah, stubbing your toe, oh, and then you have some nasty things you want to say to that thing. Like I'll usually be like, "Hey, I effing hate you, you piece of whatever." Just nasty thing that comes out of my mouth that I probably need to go to church on Sunday to forgive for. Um, yeah, I, I, I say some really bad things after stubbing my toe because it just because it doesn't. Have you ever felt like whenever you stub your toe? And then it takes about, you just know, and like, you'll have one second, and then it hits you. Like, you have one second of preparing for about what's about to come, like how bad the pain's going to be, and then it finally yeah. comes through. And you're like, oh, my God. Holy cow, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, like it usually takes toe. about a second. You stub your toe, and you're like, oh, man, I just screwed up. And then it hits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, it takes, you know, it goes from all the way down there to go all the way up your body to hit your brain, and boom, the pain sensors hit. And it sucks. <laughs> That's the one that probably the brutal part is just getting ready. Like, my anxiety starts going up, and all it takes is a second. I'm like, oh, this is going to, boom, that hurts. Yeah. Stubbing your toes bad. But yeah, that is our top three worst minor injury segment. We do that every week to kind of uh, you know get in between little sports talk there and get into some real world situations. <laughs> uh, Austin, you got a little bit of basketball updates for us before we go to FSU trivia to end off the podcast. Yeah, honestly, not much other than it was official that college basketball will be back November 25th. Thank God. Um, you heard it in the football- Discord first. You heard it in the Discord first. Make sure you go to Noel Game Day or Patreon.com slash Noel Game Day and you can get that info before everybody else a week in advance. Go back. And the and the way football is going, basketball season cannot come soon enough. <laughs> um, Jesus. That, yeah. Uh, Coach Hamilton had a, had a Zoom conference with media yesterday, and there's a couple, no, couple no, notable things, uh, the main one being that he kind of hinted that Florida State is going to be adding their 13th scholarship soon. Um I don't know if that's actually going to be happening. And seeing that we're halfway through September now, um, I don't know who they're going to find, but apparently they've got somebody, um, or they're just going to give a scholarship to one of the walk-ons, which wouldn't surprise me either. Um, but yeah, that's basically it. It seems it seems like Hamilton's very excited to be back in the gym around the team again, which doesn't surprise me. 
Yeah. I love how you threw in the little, uh, well, I'm glad basketball is kind of getting closer. We know we all need it with this football season. I mean, am I wrong? Like, <laughs> I mean, I said that was going to hit you after you tweeted that thing a couple of weeks ago saying that you were uh, hoping. And, that that, and now you're embracing it. <laughs> hey, one game, one game. Unless things are a complete crap shoot on next Saturday, then uh, I don't know what I'll do with myself or my body. <laughs> yeah, real quick uh, on um, football recruiting, I just have one thing. 2021 three-star offensive tackle Rod Orr is being rumored to commit next week. I know one of the one of the guys on Rivals, one of the recruiting analysts, said something about it earlier this morning that he expects him to make his commitment after I believe he announced his top eight. It was either in July or July sounds right. But right now people are predicting him to commit to Florida State. So I guess Rod Orr saw those offensive tackles on Saturday. What is that? What do you mean by that? He can play immediately. Exactly. <laughs> he could play this year if he really wanted to. <laughs> yeah. No, that goes to show Coach Atkins, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from what we've heard, he's a really hardworking coach, but also really good with families and recruiting. So. Yeah. Or would be a, a really nice get for Florida State. Really solid, yeah. Really, really nice start on building a, your next offensive line and, and trying to get some actual uh, product out there that, you know, you can continue to improve on um, because I do like Coach Atkins. So I do think he's going to develop these guys once he grabs them. Um, but, yeah, to end off the podcast, let's jump into some FSU trivia. I don't know who's leading. I really don't know. Um, I think it's like I think I'm up two one. That's or three, three, yeah, three, it's two, something like that. Two, one, three, two. It's something like that. You're up one. Real quick, before we get into this trivia, can we do some potential breaking news real quick? Oh, oh. wow. Please so, do. Potential breaking news. This isn't official yet, but former Florida State Hall of Fame DB Deion Sanders is expected to be named the head coach at Jackson State. Uh, here we go. Jackson. Here we State. go. Yeah. Jackson State. Is he leaving Barstool? No way he can leave Barstool. Uh, right now. Well, I guess it'd be next. Well, I guess they probably don't have it. Season, two weeks. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Is this another one of the just, you know, I thought he was supposed to be a coach at IMG. I thought he was next. He was going to be a coach at FSU. Like, could this be true? Remember, he said in an interview um, earlier this year, or late last year, that he expected to be a college football head coach in 2020. Hmm. Interesting. I'll have to keep an eye on that. Um, but now on to yeah. the trivia. On to, on to Florida State trivia. Uh, and this one's going to be a little bit different. Uh, too, because, you know, why not just keep on going back and looking at some stats from Saturday? Oh, God. <laughs> we want to do this? We really want to do this. Like, stats from the Saturday's game? Yes. Okay. Don't pull it up, though. I know you had it open earlier. 
I still have close it open. <laughs> yeah, close it. <laughs> well, the good all thing right, is so... I memorize a lot of these numbers, I think. Oh, oh here we go. Uh, Dustin might have an advantage here. Who was Florida State's third leading tackler on Saturday? Oh, God. Third leading? Third leading. What? Um... <laughs> I've got a guess, so you go first. <sighs> um, this is actually pretty good. It kind of gives us a, a little homework kind of to do here and make sure we know what we're talking about. I have no idea. Um, it's third leading tackler on Saturday against the Yellow Jackets. I'll say J-Rob. I'm going to say... Yeah, Lars would be. Didn't La- Lars would be didn't have a tackle till the fourth quarter? I thought. The answer really? is Leonard <laughs> Warner the third. Oh God. <laughs> Leonard Warner had seven tackles, four solos, one tackle for loss. Who was Florida we, State's second leading tackler? Who's Florida State's <sighs> second leading tackler on Saturday? Emmett? Uh, I mean, I know Amari had the most. Yeah. Uh, oh. oh, my God. There's animals here, everybody. Chill, bro. They're, um, they're, they're biting at Dustin's ankles. Uh, Asante? Wrong. Renardo Green. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's surprising. Oh, no. I would have yeah. never guessed that. Who was Florida State's fourth leading tackler? Oh, my God. Stop. Bro, can you ask about offense or something? Seriously. Like, for this one, after this one, but I just want you to see what the difference is in the tackling because – if anybody wants to know, Emmett Rice had a total. Uh, Emmett Rice was. What? Eight, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13th best tackler oh, on Saturday. Um, yeah. This is just kind of like a wake up call on how this Saturday went. But who was Florida State's fourth leading tackler with five say, tackles on Saturday? I'll say Asante again. I'm going to go back to Day Rob. Jaden and Lars would be with oh. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, here we go. Who was Florida State's fifth leaping receiver on Saturday? Oh my God. Did five people actually receiver. catch passes? <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling of I know who one, two, and three are. I think. Um I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say Toa Philly. I'm going because I remember Thompson. him being on on there, and Helton was at the very bottom. Yeah, he only had I'm the going, one catch. I'm going Warren Thompson, but then I don't know who fourth would be. Yeah, I'm just stick with it. Warren Thompson is number four. Lawrence Toa Philly is number five. Dustin gets yeah. this one. That was... Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have I wouldn't have gotten I wouldn't have gotten to a feeling just because I didn't start watching until the third quarter. So Yeah, yeah, you probably wouldn't remember he was out there. Um you wouldn't have known. So 
Yep, two. Now it is a two-two between Dustin and Austin right now in our FSU trivia segment that we do every podcast. So I kind of like that one. Kind of keep keeps you. Yo, from... Logan. What up? I was right on the last question. Uh oh. Which one? <laughs> Florida State's fourth leading tackler was Asante Samuel Jr. tied with Jaden Lars Woodby with five tackles. They're both tied for four. Well, I gave, I gave uh, Jaden a higher up because he had a TFL. Had oh my long. God, bro! It's uh, all, it, it's all, it's a, it counts uh, with the total tackles. Yeah. Well, either way, you got a dub. You know, we'll, you, we, I know you want your shouldn't have been this uh, close credit. And it's like, <laughs> t- to be fair, if you go to total tackles, like. Jaden's fourth. So like I, I get. I mean they're. T- um, I'm looking. I'm looking at it. They're tied. Yeah. That's, yeah. No, I get it. But I'm saying Lars Wilby's listed first. So I, I get where Logan messed up. Messed <laughs> up. That's how it's gonna go from now on. So everybody knows that's how it's gonna go. Right now. Moving Real quick, on. how about your boy Marvin Wilson with three total tackles, no tackles for loss, and one QB hurry. First round. He did have one of the two QB hurries. You could spin this really positively and say he had 50% of our total QB hurries. Wow. Put that in an article and ship or it to the NFL. Or I can spin it negatively and say Renardo Green had three times as many tackles. <laughs> and more tackles for loss than Marvin Wilson. <laughs> That's why I said it's, it's going to be great looking back at these stat sheets every week. <laughs> Is but hopefully it? things Bro, no, I just I, realized none of the <laughs> defensive linemen had a tackle for loss. Yeah. We had six yeah. tackles for loss, none are by a D lineman. Yeah. Y'all boys better get a lot better. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I think that's going to do it for this podcast, guys. This is a bye week. So on next Thursday, we'll be recording previewing the Miami game, which I'm sure will be great. Uh, Miami actually faces Louisville uh, this Saturday on primetime with College Game Day and all that. So we'll be watching that game, I'm sure. Um, Florida State faces Miami at 7.30 ABC next Saturday. Uh, So we'll be previewing that on here. Um, If you're listening right now on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, uh, YouTube, make sure you hit the like button or Retweet it, share it um, with all your friends so then everybody can listen in here. We really appreciate it. Hit that follow button, too, so then you'll be able to see whenever we post a new episode. Um, It really helps out a lot and share it in all your FSU groups, too. Um, As always, you can also listen on iTunes, uh, Spotify, Google Play. Uh, We are on YouTube, too. We saw a lot of listens. We actually had close to 10,000 listens on our last episode, which is uh, really huge, and we really appreciate all of the newcomers coming on and listening. So appreciate you guys. I actually need to shout out our latest 10 Patreons. Uh, these people actually um, are the ones that pay monthly and to come inside our Discord and hang out. Uh, but let me go and name these guys. Brian Graham, JT Appleton, Kyle L., John Morris, Ben Grunewald, Alex Rashad, Kevin Lynn, Brian Farina, Dakota Lewis, Bryce, Jonathan Taylor, Ben Grunewald, Madison, Tyson Braun, Sweet Knoll MV. 
Thank you guys so much for becoming a Patreon. You can do that at patreon.com slash day with tons of benefits with recruiting, insider, nuggets from uh, football, basketball, and baseball, um, and a whole lot of other things. So that's patreon.com slash day. We appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's Dakota Lewis. That's my brother. (laughs) I had a feeling it was. That's why I laughed. I was like, that's what we love to see right there. We love it. But yeah, we've had a lot of new Patreons come on. So definitely take advantage of our Discord. It's rocking. It's really fun on game days because we're not just talking Florida State. We're also the other games in there. So appreciate you guys, everybody, for listening. Enjoy the rest of y'all's week and enjoy the weekend. And we'll be back with you guys Thursday. Uh, Thank you, guys. See you guys.